Hello and welcome to Uncommon Success. My name is Jeff Pfeiffer and this is my lovely daughter, Rachel. Hi, we want to share with you our story about how we started the businesses that we started. We are serial entrepreneurs and we want to encourage the listeners, um, which is you, that you can start a business from nothing without knowing much about an industry. And we will share our stories and also interview other people that we know who also own businesses. We hope this is an encouragement for you. Welcome back to our podcast. This week, we have an agenda. For those of you who didn't listen in last week, Dad told me he had an agenda and just goofed off. So Mm. we are here prepared. I'm prepared. Mm. My agenda was perfect. Was perfect. It was humorous. You all said you loved it, so that's all that matters. Wow. Okay. All your fans. Okay. We're going to have a boring agenda today. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay. So my question to you, sir, is... Mm -hmm. What kind of decision I want you to think about your life? Right. Like it could be business related, yeah. personal, yeah. whatever. Okay. When have you had to make a decision? And tell me about it. Well, the biggest decision that I ever had to make was the decision to be born. You had no input whatsoever. Oh, that's right. That wouldn't be a good example. That's a terrible example. Okay, so there was a time. It's not funny, though. It's just sort of reality. Okay, well, that's Um, fine. I used to be the executive director of Pennsylvania Christian Endeavor. It's an interdenominational youth ministry. So I worked with teenagers and so on. Okay. And uh, pastors and youth pastors and parents and so on. And... uh, it, it it was it, it grew a lot when I started there there were less than 200 people attending the statewide programming when I left it was 14,000 people so is this like a seminar like when you say attending their programming uh, no we did like uh, we sponsored like Christian days at six Flies great adventure we uh, okay. we, we organized it I was like yeah. the spearhead of that mm-hmm. and uh, then we had camps and retreats and so you're you know, saying total in training. combination there was like 200 people total. The, when, I, when I started, yeah, all they had was a state convention once a year, and ah. they had less than 200 people attending. Ah. So I added to that a youth choir that toured during the summer. <laughs> you of all people leading That is pretty funny choir. since I can't sing worth a hoot, but no, I enjoyed being part of that. Um and then uh, we added disaster relief work camps okay. where we traveled anywhere on the East Coast where there was a natural disaster of flood, hurricane, tornado. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we added Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey as a, cr- a, a Christian huge youth group thing. Yeah, we had, yeah, we, for those of you listening from out of state, because uh, we have a lot of those. <laughs> we, we did training seminars for youth pastors okay. and youth workers. Um, so and then I I would I would do speaking as well like I would speak oh, yeah. in churches or at camps be the, the retreat speaker or different things like that schools and so on, um, and at the same time uh, I was the youth pastor at our local church. Okay. And it went from having like ten people when I started and we were up to almost forty. Mm-hmm. And both of them became a full-time job. And it's yeah. like I was trying to do two, two full-time jobs while having two children of my own. Right. And you guys were small at that point. And I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't keep doing both. I needed to give one or the other up. Mm. And the logic that I used, uh, in hindsight, probably wasn't very good. Okay, well, that's good. We're going to learn from your mistake. Well, the mistake that I made was I thought, well, now, you know, um, it's easier to find a youth pastor to come and take in take on the youth group and lead the youth ministry in the church. Okay. 
but it, it was it took years for me to learn what I did to be the director of a Christian ministry mm-hmm. and it would be harder to find somebody to fill those shoes okay and I felt that I could impact more people right. the number of people by staying with Christian Endeavor mm-hmm. whereas with a youth group it would only be you know 40 yeah. 50 60 kids sure so I chose to to give up the youth ministry position of the local church and the regret that I have is that I missed out on you and Brandon growing up in a a great youth ministry experience. And you both plugged Mm -hmm. into youth groups at other Mm -hmm. churches, but... Mm -hmm. But you weren't involved. I wasn't involved, and I really missed out on that. I mean, I really... I I wish that we had those experiences. I feel like you and I... Yeah. ...that were having that experience... Just a little bit later in life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're doing life together, yes. you know, in so many ways. But yeah. Brandon, just such a neat guy, and I love him so much. And yeah. and he's my favorite son. And uh, an only son. Uh, uh, yeah, uh-huh. that too. Uh-huh. But I, I, I miss not being with him and doing stuff with him. Yeah, because he's not involved in our daily life yeah. and work. And yeah, businesses. he doesn't live across the street. You know, he, no, he, he doesn't. He I lives do. like 40 minutes away. So that's why you don't want me to make a lot of money so I can buy a house. You don't want me to move away. That is I'm right. I'm trapped across the street. That's right. <laughs> yes. I have to buy my friends and I have to buy my family to stay close. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, well, with Brandon, like... <clears throat> When he was uh, in junior high, and that's yeah. really when I've, uh, our relationship uh, didn't stay as strong as it was. I and mean, we used right. to do all kinds of stuff together. We'd go for bike rides regularly, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we'd play catch and baseball and football and basketball, and we'd do all these things together. Mm-hmm. And when he was in junior high, I went to watch him play soccer and basketball and the sports he was involved with. You know, yeah. didn't miss many games at all. Right. But it just wasn't the same. Whereas if I was, if he, he was in the youth group, I could have had that a greater impact on his life and I just think it would have made our relationship stronger. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, it's a very positive relationship he and I yeah. have. I mean, we're friends by for sure. Yeah. But it's like the intimate daily building of a great relationship isn't there yet. And I hope yeah. that our life circumstances change that, 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 that he and I can have that same relationship that you and I have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I wish wow. that I had stayed with the youth with the youth uh, group at the church and mm-hmm. and and done that rather than than Christian endeavor. Well, you kind of threw me for a little wrench here because <laughs> I was hoping to learn something from your experience, and I feel like when you were explaining your logic behind making that decision, it made perfect sense. Like I would say, yeah, if you have the greater impact, um, you know, you can. Right. Just, yeah, like the greater impact is really what yeah. it comes down to in yeah. that career yeah. path. And I feel like you made the right decision, but on a personal level right. is very different. And right. and you made the wrong decision on a personal level. So there's really like, you know yeah. what? Maybe this does tie into it. Because later on I say there is no right or wrong sometimes yeah. <laughs> in making a decision. Right. Um, so for this podcast, I wanted to focus on decision making um, in our lives. We have a big decisions that mm-hmm. are happening mm-hmm. and we can't go into all of them but it's something that we as humans have to deal with on a daily basis we right. have to make decisions whether they're big or they're small and sometimes it's how do you how do you yeah. decide and if you have a business sometimes it feels like a life or death situation depending on which way you go mm-hmm. so 
for us, our current, like today, we had several meetings. We had three meetings today so far. Mm-hmm. Um, d- totally different topics, but uh, the first was mostly about our horse ranch. Right. And it's currently for sale, as most of you listeners know. And what we're running into is there's a lot of interest in the farm. And like in purchasing it. We have so many people that yeah. say they want to buy it, they're yeah. going to put in an offer, they come yeah. three to five times, yeah. and then we don't see an offer. And currently we're told that there's two offers that could be coming in, but you and I are kind of like, well, we need to know now. And there's a few reasons why. So with the house, the roof started leaking, yeah. which is the worst time for a roof to start leaking and need replacing. Yeah. And The house at the ranch. Yeah, the house at the ranch. Yeah. So the house we're trying to sell has a leaky roof, so we want to fix it for the potential people that might come buy it. But at the same time, do they want a metal roof or do they want a asphalt, asphalt roof? Or yeah. Yeah, like what kind of roof should we put on? We don't want to put a ton of money into it because we're not going to be keeping the property, but it's kind of like, okay, so there's one decision. And then the other is it's a horse ranch, so we have horses on property, but we're not actively trying to fill it. And so it's just like the nature of the business. Sometimes people leave, um, they build a farm at their house, or they have a friend who has a barn who has an opening, so they move. Or they move. Yeah. Or they have to put one down yeah. because of old age. Right. So, like, our numbers are slowly dwindling. Yeah. Very slowly. Yeah. But it's still like, okay, so we know that another horse is leaving. Yeah. And then another horse. And we're not getting any in because we don't want to have a full-fledged boarding facility if the person buying it right. wants to use it for personal use. Right. That's right. really not the case. Most of the time, everybody yeah. wants to keep the, the business. but. Yeah. Uh, so that's been challenging, and when you have a house on the horse farm, that could be providing income. We did an Airbnb, and mm-hmm. I had closed it so that it was available for showings, right. which was convenient. Right. Anyone could come anytime. Right. But we're at the point now where we're like, ah, we need to make money. We yeah. can't just not make money yeah. um, each month. So, so we lost the income from the Airbnb, yes. and we lost, and we're losing income because horses are leaving for one reason yes. or another. And in a couple of weeks, we'll be down to like fourteen horses, which is not many. And we were we were at close to thirty, right? Just a few months ago, right? <clears throat> and yeah. a few months ago, we were also running the Airbnb. It was yeah. a yeah. well-oiled machine, making yeah. enough to cover all the expenses yeah. plus the mortgage. So now the question is, we're losing money, and how much? Each, how much money each month are we willing to lose? Sure. We need to take money from another business mm-hmm. to pay off that, to offset that expense, and and we don't want to keep losing money, so what, right. do, we, what do we do? Do we keep waiting until uh, a buyer comes along and finally makes an offer that we accept, or mm-hmm. do we just uh, conclude that this could take uh, a few more months before we close on it, and we should just go ahead and open the Airbnb and start getting more boarders in and increase our revenue now? Yep, and make it more challenging then for the showings, yeah. because they're going to have to come whenever we don't have somebody yeah. staying there. Yeah. So that's our big one yeah. of our big decisions we're just trying to mm-hmm. figure out mm-hmm. right now. So when looking at a decision, is there always a right or a wrong decision? Sometimes there's not. Yeah. Obviously, so you can go either way. And mm-hmm. the one that the, my example was, in one sense, it, it was right, for, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. as far as business sense and, and helping as many people as possible. But then it was 
wrong for my family. Yeah. And, and if I had to do it over again, I, I would have stayed on as youth pastor of local church. So to experience that with you and, and Brandon in the youth ministry. But mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. You can't undo what you did. Right. And we don't live in the past. And people right. who live in the past will never be successful. Right. I mean, we all have made mistakes. We, can all, we all have regrets. We, can, we all have things happen to us that we wish didn't happen to us. Mm-hmm. But if we keep living in the past, we'll never be successful. Not just even in business. We won't be successful in life. Right. Yeah, even like the good things in the past. As you're saying that, I think of my favorite memories were as a teenager and with my youth group. We would travel the country and go hiking up crazy mountains and whitewater rafting down rapids I would never go down now. And like all these memories. And it's like my life now is so different. I'm a mom with two kids and I'm cleaning up my after my kids and taking yeah. care of my house and cooking and we yeah. have very a very exciting life and I'm mm-hmm. very thankful for that but I also think back and I'm like oh those were the good days and but you can't live in the past That's right. because that's right. I mean, you can be thankful for the memories that were good. You right. can be thankful for the lessons learned if you made a bad decision That's right. but That's right. I mean ultimately the good and the bad help us make decisions now in the future. And most people think that, you know, like they'll think, well, my my past was so bad, you just can't relate. You can't understand. And and there are people yeah. who like uh, go through life who are unhappy and miserable and they think, well, I deserve to feel like this because you don't know the abuse that I've been through and you don't understand how my parents talked to me when I was growing up and all. But it's like that's not necessarily true right. and i'm not going to uh share my laundry here right but i mean as a child it would you know cause people's skin to curl if they heard some of the things that happened to me as a child yeah but i mean so mine life childhood was, it was worse bad. worse than most it was bad for sure it wasn't yeah. the worst but it was worse than most mm-hmm. and it's just that i don't live there yeah. You know, I learned from that. I grew from that. And I'm thankful that I wasn't the, the, the kind of parent that my parents were. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thankful that situations that happened to me didn't happen to you mm-hmm. or Brandon, mm-hmm. you know. And so rather than being angry about it or rather than being the kind of parent that my parents were to me, I, weren't to, I wasn't to you, I broke that chain. Right. And so now you and Brandon are living, you know, successful, positive, healthy, encouraging lives. Mm-hmm. And so the, the chain was, has been broken from the previous generation before me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I learned from the past mm-hmm. rather than it uh, adversely impacting me and ruining my life. It enabled me to help other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I could say the same. I've been through a lot of hard times, and there was one, actually, it's in my notes. Again, I'm not going to air my dirty laundry, mm-hmm. per se, with details, but there was a season where I was separated from my husband for 10 months, and I lived with you and mom, with mm-hmm. the kids, mm-hmm. and talking about decisions, the big decision was, do I get back together with my husband? Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to. I saw change in him, but mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was a forever change, right. and I remember you saying to me, well maybe you won't really know unless you get back together with him like you right. won't right you won't know whether or not it was a real permanent change mm-hmm. so sometimes you just have to try like That's sometimes right. the answer to a decision is well just try it and right. then you'll know which way That's so right. i mean that was mm-hmm. definitely something that stuck with me you know mm-hmm. sometimes there's not a right or wrong answer and sometimes right. you can't know right. <laughs> you just have to take an action right and and then see there's a seminar that I used to give, and um, it, it 
was about church growth, but it has to do with, with life as well. And that is that if a church continues to do what they've always been doing, mm-hmm. they're going to get the same results that they've always been getting. Yes. So the churches that want me to come and, and consult with them um, are, are churches that are failing. Yeah. You know, if they're doing well, they typically don't call me. Right. <laughs> so, so I've been in situations where I'd be, I'd be uh, consulting with pastor or a church staff or whatever, and I'd say, look, um, I, I would go to the church, experience their on worship Sunday experience on sure. Sunday morning, and then evaluate it and share some things. And it's like, as I'm sharing things, like, oh, but we like that. We don't want to change that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we like that. We don't want to change that either. Then I have to say, if you keep doing things the way you're doing, you're yeah. going to get the same results that you're getting. Nothing's going to change. You have to change it. And then I talked about different types of change. Yeah. So you can make a bad change and make things worse. Sure. You can make a good change and make things better. But then we seem to get caught up in, in at least church with what I call insignificant changes or offsetting changes. Neither of them matter, but we put mm-hmm. so much time and effort into it. You mean like the color of the carpeting in it, the church? Exactly. <laughs> the exactly. Uh, if we don't make any changes in our life, we'll keep living the life that we're living. Yep. And if we don't like the life we're living, it's not going to change unless we make major changes. Yeah. Okay? And but sometimes we spend so much time thinking about and worrying about making changes that are insignificant or offsetting and they don't even matter. Yeah. You know, that's that's yeah. let's 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 major in the in, in rather that we major in the minors, right? Uh-huh. Rather majoring in the majors. Exactly. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are self development podcasts and like the one phrase that is way and it's not even overquoted because it's a very good quote is insanity is doing the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again mm-hmm. expecting a different result right. and like you're saying if you're yeah. in a certain situation yeah. it's never going to change unless you make a change right. and there's a book that comes to mind it's called good boundaries and mm-hmm. goodbyes and mm-hmm. it's not just about like i don't know like a relational boundary like with a spouse or something it could be work related like if you're struggling at your job and you're like oh my goodness, I can't take this day one more, like mm-hmm. another day, like I can't come to work, like, or you have so much stress and anxiety. I was just talking to a really good friend this past week and she said one of her coworkers literally is physically sick every morning before mm-hmm. he goes to work because he's so stressed. Yeah. Well, that's never going to change for that right. person until right. they make a change and they might need to set a boundary with right. their other coworkers or even their boss. And the book is right. super helpful with setting boundaries and, mm-hmm. um, you know, making a change. It's change is sometimes hard, sometimes mm-hmm. scary, but it's necessary if you want something to change in your life. You know, there have been times in my life when I put off a change where that's that was yeah. that's where I really hurt my myself so many times. So I had an apparel company where we printed apparel shirts and sweatshirt, yep. t shirts, hats and stuff and we were in Sam's clubs. Yep. And so uh, we were selling, you know, lots. Mm-hmm. We weren't in all of them. We were in the northeastern part of the country. And uh, one day they called me and said, we're going to discontinue your uh, product line. And I said, well, why? I'll make whatever changes I can, I, you, you want. And they mm-hmm. said, no, it's too late. You need to get all your product out of the store. Yeah. So I went around and collected the product that was in the various stores. And then I r- ended up renting a small storefront store yeah. and was selling it, the, the product, and we were, we, were, we were losing money month after month after month after month because yeah. we're paying rent and we're selling hardly any product at all. Right. 
and it's like I, I just couldn't give it up. It was a sense that I'm 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 going to be a failure. You know, this is going to fail if I mm-hmm. if I do this. I can't. I couldn't admit the fact that I was failing mm-hmm. at that business, mm-hmm. but yet I was unwilling to make the change. And mm-hmm. once I finally reached a point where you know we lost probably thirty thousand dollars from that, and it's like finally I just need to cut my losses. So I did. Yeah. And after I did that, I felt so relieved. I thought, man, I wish I had done this months ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kept it going for like two years. Wow. And it's like, if I had, had cut these, these losses right from the start, I would have saved a lot of money and a lot of headache and hassle. It was mm-hmm. just a hassle. Mm-hmm. And so there have been a number of times in my life where I wish I had cut that off sooner, mm-hmm. you know, and made that decision. But it, I guess pride, really. Yeah. A pride. I didn't want to look like a failure. Sure. We all struggle with that yeah. to some capacity, for sure. Uh, one decision I think that our listeners might be like thinking about, like myself, is is now a time to buy a house or not buy a house, like with a market. Mm-hmm. And I listen to Dave Ramsey. If you're into financial stuff, he's a great guy to listen to. And he says, well, if it's your forever house, there's never a wrong time to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like... I just recently went to look at a couple houses, so that's why it's fresh. But this can relate to pretty much any decision. So what I did when I was done looking at the three different properties is I made a pro and a con list for all of all of them. So I could like see in front of me, okay, so if I make this decision, it's about like the consequences, right? So when you make a decision, there's a consequence, whether it's good or bad. And sometimes you don't know, so sometimes you have to try. Mm-hmm. But with the house, right? So there's the price. So obviously one is cheaper than the other. Location is on that list. Location is somewhat important. Mm-hmm. And then what are the amenities? You know, how mm-hmm. many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? And they all were pretty much the same. So that, mm-hmm. you know, didn't make a decision. But the yard right so so two of them were a single family home with a yard and then uh one was a townhome where there really is no yard but that cannot that that could be a pro and a con Mm -hmm. for me i want my kids Mm -hmm. to just go outside and play but in the townhome community they can't do that i wouldn't want them to just Mm -hmm. be out there unsupervised it's just Mm me Mm -hmm. i'm used to living in the country with like no neighbors and you can just go play and i'm not worried about you um so you know, but then not having a yard could mean, hey, I don't have to cut my grass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's time that I'm saving. So having the pro and con list does help sometimes when you're trying to decide something. Okay, your your consequences are I have a yard and I have to cut the grass or mm-hmm. I have no yard, but I don't have to cut the grass. It saves me time. So mm-hmm. that was just a little suggestion is a pro and a con list is definitely mm-hmm. helpful when we were... Um, just throwing around the idea of filming a reality show Mm -hmm. i made a list a pro and a con list because i'm again pride i didn't want to start something that i couldn't finish and i think that's somewhat biblical too this is kind of Mm -hmm. like a heavily biblical Mm -hmm. podcast today but you know like you don't start building a house unless you have a good foundation and you don't want to start a project that Mm -hmm. you can't finish so for me i was Mm -hmm. worried about putting myself out there Mm -hmm publicly saying hey we want to film a reality show but then looking like a fool um mostly because we didn't know like how to do it or how to start um but i just felt led to just try like the worst that can happen is you don't succeed but you learned a lot and sometimes it takes a long time like it definitely took us longer than i Mm -hmm. expected to Mm -hmm. get to where we're at today Mm It's exciting. It is exciting. You know, when we started this process, I didn't tell anybody that we were pursuing a reality show for months. Yeah. Because I didn't want to feel like, well, at first, it's it's like, 
could it happen? And right. I thought, mm, yeah, it's not real likely. How many people wish they had a reality show and want it to happen? And, you know, it's not probably not going to. I mean, I didn't think it was going to happen when we yeah. first started. But, uh, you know, it's like, well, I think that positive role models are needed. Uh-huh. A good TV program is needing yep. is needed. Let's try it. So we started it yep. and we started to pursue it. And but I didn't tell anybody for months because yeah. of it's like. I knew as soon as I shared, I, re- I remember sharing it the first time and, and thinking, oh, they're going to think that, you know, this is really silly. And it's like, yeah, right. Like, this is really going to yeah. happen. And uh, but you, you don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's calculated risk. Mm-hmm. You, you know, there's risk no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And zero risk does not exist. Yeah. When making a decision, there's always risk. Yeah. And, the, and most people have a tendency to fear the risk more than the potential reward yeah when it comes to owning a business how many people wish they owned a business yep but they didn't have the courage to to try right because of fear of failure yeah and if you fear failing then you're going to fail at a lot of things Mm -hmm. you're just not going to succeed at a lot of things yeah so the more we fail the more we succeed and if we aren't succeeding, it's because we're not failing. We're not trying enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if we would have failed at the TV show, and we still may. We don't know if we're going to be picked up. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, again, that all comes down to what do you define as failure? Mm-hmm. We had a whole crew here. We have three different editors touching it. We have episodes. And they can go yeah. to streaming platforms. Like, if it's not sold to a network, it's going right. to a streaming platform. Right. That's a success in my win- right. in my mind as a right. win. It's not a failure just because it's not on a major network right um Mm -hmm. you know we tried and we have something to show for it and we learned a lot right so and being the star of the show that really (sighs) makes me proud here he goes again his pride (laughs) talk about pride (laughs) i'm going to wrap this up and we will see you in the next podcast very good